Hi friends, this is Brianna Hansen, and you're listening to Femoir the Podcast, and I thank you for listening to this podcast where we really dissect happiness through a comedic perspective because comedy makes you laugh and laughter should make you happy. So why don't we talk about those things in conjunction with each other more? Why? Well, we are. So why am I asking rhetorical questions on a podcast where no one can answer me? Right on. Right on. Um, I am glad you're listening. Today we're going to talk about criticism. Yeah. Are you ready? Do you think you can handle talking about criticism? Can you handle criticism? Well, I hope so, because I'm about to go into uh, some, uh, for a few minutes, for a few moments here on this podcast, I'm going to go into some of the reasons that I love criticism, and I think that it has a really valuable place in our world, in our society, and I think it can get bastardized, and I don't mean that to sound like a naughty word, but I mean that to sound like it, it, gets, it gets a bad reputation because we can't take it anymore. We or we don't ever learn the value of it. So we just avoid it. And then the times it inevitably comes up, we get upset. And it's it it just gets a bad rap. It's not bad. It's like Rizzo in Greece, you know? Like it it comes across as real tough, but really on the inside, it's a big softy. Or like Raphael in the Ninja Turtles. Comes across as real tough, you know, hard outer shell. But inside, it just, it has the best intentions. That to me is what criticism is. So let me start with a little bit of a story. I was years ago in uh, seeing someone who was, I'm going to put it the opposite of me. I am, I'm not necessarily hypercritical of others. Um, I, I try to leave in terms of judgment and in terms of like what I think, you know, I give my opinion, but I'm, I'm pretty open as a human being. So I like enthusiasm. I tend to be a person who naturally is very encouraging and enthusiastic. That's not bragging. I wish I could be more hypercritical in some ways and I'm learning how to be because I think it's valuable. But I was seeing someone who was very different than me and, uh, he was very critical, a lot, and it was very hard to earn his praise. And uh, we actually had a lot of philosophical discussions about why that is. And uh, and I mean, all right, so there's two ends to this. So on the one end, it really did. Like, if you got a compliment from him, man, you earned that. But then on the other hand, it was like you spent a lot of time trying to get compliments. So, I mean, it didn't end up working out. But what I will say is... He became one of my most valuable uh, people to give feedback from, to get feedback from, because he was not afraid to give his opinion. And he was, and I knew that it was coming from a good place, even though, uh, and I'll get into this in a second, even though I didn't always take in what he said, uh, because there were various other factors involved. And I do, despite the fact that I put on a, a front of like, I'm up, and I do have very strong opinions for my own work and my own perspective, but I would know that at least I would get honesty from him. And I think that uh, that is the core of why I like criticism, that at its core, because I don't like surrounding myself with yes men. I don't like surrounding myself with people who are just going to tell me something's wonderful or it's great and nothing's wrong and all this stuff. Like, and not because I need to hear something's wrong, but because I want to trust the opinions of those around me. And I, everyone, myself included, has a lot to learn and a lot that they can work on. And I think that there's a way 
that in our society, in our world, that we can better embrace and use criticism as a really valuable tool. Right now we have a world where everybody's the winner, right? Like we have leagues of sport, sports leagues where there are some places that don't even have points. They don't even count points and everybody gets a certificate of participation. And I was on the, I think, you know, growing up in the, in the late 80s, I was on the, the cusp of the beginning of that movement of like, let's just love our children and support them no matter what. But we still had winners and losers, you know, and we still, you know, first place got the biggest trophy and second place didn't. And there, there was just still, there's still delineations. And I think the value of that is when you're told that you didn't do something as good as someone else, not that you're comparing it, but that you're being challenged to live up to your potential. And that to me is what criticism can do. Uh, a good criticism, good critic uh, who gives valuable criticism can can teach you a lot. I was involved um, a while back with a, a theater company that shall remain unnamed, and I took classes from them because I like taking classes. I have a thing against I'm kind of anti-authoritarian at the moment, and I don't think classes are also valuable. And if you listen to any of these podcasts previously, I will go on. I mean, I could I could do an entire podcast about classes in general because I just I don't know that they actually are a value, but. What they do is you can learn different types of things. You learn the vocab, you get a great community, and you can challenge yourself within a workshop or class setting as long as you recognize that you're challenging yourself based on whatever the teacher's arbitrary thing is. So especially for self-expression and art, like I don't know how much I believe in classes, but nevertheless, I paid thousands to them. So I was in this class and... At the end of the class, they they really didn't give a lot of criticism during it, which I don't like. I don't like that. I want to know. Like I had, well, I'll get into that in a second. I don't like that. I don't, um, you know, you can feel whether or not something is working, especially if you're in some sort of like a comedy class or whatever. You can feel whether or not you're doing your best and whether or not that actually is doing well. And uh, and we didn't really get a lot of criticism criticism throughout. It was just kind of like, oh, maybe there's room for this here or check this out here. And it's like, I don't, this isn't a writing partnership. You know what I mean? Like, I want you to give me an overall note about my performance. Not because I necessarily want to take it in, but I want to know what your interpretation of my performance is. So at the end of the class, I thought, well, you know, there's this outcome. It's kind of a yes or no answer sort of thing. And uh, I thought, well, they they would at least, depending on whether they say yes or no, it doesn't matter to me because I want want the overall evaluation uh, from the class because I paid a significant amount of money to this class in this theater. And I was told a no, but then I was told no criticism with that no. And in fact, I asked for it. I specifically asked for it. I was like, okay, well, what are, you know, what are some notes that you have for me? And my teacher immediately compared it to a relationship. He was like, well, you know, you don't, I once wanted to ask that in a relationship. And to be honest, the more I learn, the less I wish I had known. And I was, I immediately was like, no, I'm not talking about a relationship. This is not a personal endeavor for me. This is my career. This is my art. This is what I approach and and do and train at professionally. So I'm asking for professional criticism instead of just being told, no, you're not allowed in our club. Be like, well, what are the standards by which you feel I, I didn't I didn't do well enough? Because by those I want to be able to evaluate myself by those standards. And here's what I'll say too, like it goes back to 
It doesn't mean you always have to take it in. It does not mean you always have to take it in. The criticism that I got from the guy that I was dating and the criticism that I that I begged for from this institution, which, by the way, I never got and left a very sour taste in my mouth for a very long time. But I... It's not that I it's not that I need to agree with you. It's that it, it it's interesting for me as a professional to know how you're interpreting my work. And I don't think that's just in the arts. I think that's in anything. I think that's in you know, uh, not necessarily personal relationships because maybe if you have a really mature end to a personal relationship, you can talk about what's going on. But I think more importantly in professional work, someone if someone says no, then I think it's fair to be asked for evaluations as to why. That does not mean you have to listen to it or that you have to take it in or change as a result of it. I like to know how other people are interpreting me so that I can agree or disagree from my own end. I am always going to do whatever I want to do anyway. Ask anyone who knows me. I'm going to just do my thing. But that doesn't mean that I'm not open to, oh, someone says I'm I'm doing this too much. All right, let me try that on for size. Like I had a teacher years ago who um, in Chicago played very different, was a very different style of, of performer than I was. And I knew I was never going to perform like him. I've had a lot of teachers like that, that I just knew I was not going to perform like. But um, I valued his opinion because he was very, very honest with me. So even though I disagreed with elements of it, I thought to myself, okay, that's interesting. That's how this man is interpreting my performance. Are there lessons I can learn within this criticism that I can apply to my own life? And there were. There were definitely lessons that I could learn. It doesn't mean that I have to change who I am or change like the way that I express myself, but it does mean that I can be a more effective a professional at my job. I think people take it too personally. That's what upset me about the the lack of criticism in this one place is he immediately pretended like it was personal. And for me, that's not what criticism is. And I'll get into you know how it's been bastardized in a second, but criticism, good criticism is not personal. I've had teachers who just blow smoke up your ass. You know, they're like, great, great. The first words out of the mouth are good job, great. And it's like, but it wasn't. You know, like now I don't trust your opinion because what just happened was not great. So why are you saying that it was? I would much prefer the person that takes a little bit of, you know, coaxing to get an honest answer out of. I I prefer that immensely because if you can separate yourself from your work, like I'm not asking for personal criticism. I'm not asking for you to call me fat or say, you know, I, I look like I just woke up or whatever. I'm not asking for that. First of all, that's probably just going to be your own projection of your own insecurities on me anyway. So that's you know another reason that I don't think we can take criticism because we're all too insecure. And so we're lashing out at others and also taking in others personally, which we shouldn't be doing because it's like that's not their demon to fight, not yours. But I think that in terms of professional, when you approach it from a professional perspective, you can really get value out of criticism. And it's not, you are not your work, right? No matter what you're doing, even though it is in in many ways can be very vulnerable and very self-expressive and and whatever it is you're doing, and you've invested a lot of yourself into whatever project it is. And it feels like you're up on the chopping block, but you're not. You are not your work. So to improve your work, you can get valuable criticism, I think. The way that I believe it's been bastardized, which is what I want to get into is, first of all, I am. I want to be very clear. I'm not talking about self-criticism. So I think that it's really hard to critique yourself fairly, no matter who you are. It is very hard to critique yourself fairly. I think 
you really have to come from a place of of support for yourself, of love for yourself, of I don't want to say like undying devotion to being true to who you are, but but that's what I'll say, undivi- undying devotion to be true to who you are. You really have to, you know, in order to have effective self-criticism, you have to come from those things. And those are really hard places to come from that I feel like we only kind of hop into occasionally in our lifetimes. Otherwise, your own evaluation of how you did is going to be inaccurate, is going to be highly inaccurate. And you're going to tear yourself down so badly and so ineffectively that you won't want to put yourself out on the line again because it was too hard or it was too devastating or whatever. And so I, I, I'm very careful to not, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in loving yourself and to self-criticize too much or to en- encourage you to self-criticize just willy-nilly, I think is very dangerous. Um, but I think that it's it's also, you know, you if you're in touch with your gut and you're honest with yourself and you do come from a place of loving yourself and wanting to improve and wanting to be better and, and you know, really being proactive about your, you know, uh, progress and your productivity and your positivity. I think if you do that, then your own self criticism can can be beneficial. You can really be like, okay, well, you know, I didn't I didn't do this particular thing as well as I know I could. And then rather than being like, God damn, I didn't do it as well as I know I could. Blah, 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 you can be like, how? What are ways that I can now work on to improve that in the future? What is it in the future that I can work on because I love myself and I know I can do it better and I believe in myself. So. You know, I think that's healthy self-criticism. But the way I think criticism criticism gets bastardized now is, first of all, everybody's a critic. So, you know, everyone goes around spouting their opinions, especially, and I talk about it all the time with the advent of social media, we just, and the internet, we just go around giving opinions to everyone about everything. And fine, I'm glad you have an opinion. But if I don't know where you're coming from, if your intention is not to help me, if your intention is not to just immediately be on my side to make me a better performer, if your intention is just to hurt my feelings, then I have no room for you. Also, you know, I when I say criticism is valuable, I want to be very clear that there are only a few people that I actually listen to the criticism, any criticism from. If you're in a teaching capacity for me, it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to listen to you. You have to earn my trust before I listen to you. And just because I paid you to be my teacher does not mean you earn my trust. I have mentors whose criticism I listen to. I have you know, uh, people that I work with who I trust explicitly whose criticism I listen to. Uh, the woman who originally did the femoir, the first, uh, ver- well, the second technically variation of femoir, um, the the live stage show, she and she can give me any criticism and I trust her explicitly. I know she's coming from a good place. I know she knows my work. I know she knows myself, my style. I know how she performs. I mean, I just, I trust her explicitly. So there are a number of, uh, you know, creative endeavors that I started on or ideas that I had or sketches that I wrote that she was like, no. And and sometimes I didn't even need more than that. It was just like, great, it's gone. I don't need to find out why or I don't need to. I trust that you know my style and if I'm not completely sold on it, I'm not going to fight you for it. So great, it's gone. You know, if she said, oh, you're, I think we're doing a little too much of this. Great, all right. I totally agree with you and believe in you. And that is valuable to me because left to our druthers, you know, we're all kind of like willy-nilly. We need people to help mold us into our best self. But that doesn't mean that I listen to everyone about everything. Even, you know, my parents with whom I'm very close and and trust obviously explicitly because they're my parents and they're very loving and supportive. I don't 
sorry, mom and dad, but I know you probably don't listen to these. I don't really listen to all the things that they say. I listen to the things that I, the opinions that I agree on and value of theirs. There are certain things, and it's like 80% of my life, that they do have immense influence in because I trust them and I trust them to know my uh, myself uh, sometimes better than I know me. But not always. There are a lot of things that I just, you know, it's just, all right, that's, this isn't your business, so you don't know. And they're like, yeah, we know we don't know, so great. And so there are other people that I turn to. And sometimes I just need my own gut. Sometimes it's like, no matter how much criticism you get about something, you know something is good and you know it's going to work and, and you just, if you need to mold it, let the criticism around that you get as a result of whatever it is that you're putting out, let it mold you maybe, uh, either to be a stronger person or whatever, but let it mold you or ch- and you know make you more effective and more passionate about it. But don't ever change who you are because of the criticism. You can change elements if you trust the person giving you criticism then change, then consider changing elements. But, you know, that doesn't, it's still valuable to get it whether or not you do anything with it. I actually, I, I let some criticism, <laughs> I forgot about this story. So um, when I was in high school, I did a, um, I did a speech uh, where I did Ice Ice Baby as an extemporaneous speech, but I delivered it like, Ice Ice Baby, all right, stop collaborate and listen. And I tried so hard to memorize that first speech class. I remember I just tried so hard and, uh, and I, I didn't really get it down and I was nervous and I wanted to be funny. So I was insecure and this was long before my hours and hours and hours on stage and, and creating and all this stuff. So I was very, you know, insecure and, and I didn't, I didn't really do all that well with the speech. I think I got an A, but it wasn't my best performance. And this kid in class, I will always remember this. He probably didn't only have even think twice about this like wrote a note that of course I saw because people can be mean. And I went to a very nice high school and this kid was generally very nice. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't like being bullied, but I remember he said, what do Brianna and not funny have in common? And then the answer was everything. And uh, I was so mad because I knew it wasn't a good performance. Like I wasn't like disagreeing with him. Like that shit was hilarious. But uh, as a result, I went through and I have memorized that piece very well. And I have made thousands, uh, I won't say thousands, that's an exaggeration, uh, over a hundred karaoke nights uh, much better as a result of how I perform that piece. Let me just put it this way. Every time I do Ice Ice Baby at karaoke, I have been bought at least one drink, no matter where I am. Even if it's not karaoke, if Ice Ice Baby is just playing. One time I was in St. Louis with my friend and it was just playing at this like Bud Light beer festival we were at. And I, uh, started in the middle of the tent, just going nuts on it. And I was bought a lot of beers because I killed Ice Ice Baby and I made people laugh and I have as a result. And so this, that weirdly, that weird criticism, that weird insult I let just fuel me, which is kind of my MO. Like this particular place that refused to give me criticism, I have been floored by because of I was, I felt so uh, slighted. I felt like you just took my money uh, instead of giving me honest criticism, honest feedback, because I don't have to listen to you, you understand, but you have to give it to me. Because I am, because I'm paying you. That's the capacity in which I'm paying you. So I think, you know, people shy away from it because we don't want to hurt feelings. We don't want to take things personally. But criticism doesn't have to be personal. You know, it is It is however you interpret it. I've used this quote before. I'll use it again. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. 
Eleanor Roosevelt. So learning to me is what criticism can offer. It can offer how to learn more about yourself, how to learn more about your work, how to learn more about how the other how the world views you and how you can take advantage of of how that world views you. Um, in one capacity or another, you can learn how to be a more effective speaker, how do you can be a more effective, you know, exp- expressor of whatever it is, a more effective professional through criticism. So let's not only not demonize it as much, but let's be careful when and how we offer it. I not long ago went and saw the show. I think I may, maybe mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I went and saw the show with this, this guy I didn't know very well. Like we were um, meeting up for the first time. To, we had interacted before, but we were meeting up. It was a professional capacity, guys. Let's not get let's not get too excited. But um, we were meeting up to see the show, and afterwards we got a bite to eat, and he asked me what I thought of the show, and I gave him my honest opinion. And I said, I didn't think it was very good. I, I think I said... I th- you know, it left much to be desired. Like I thought it, it, it was underwhelming. And he was so surprised, but I was just being honest because I don't think that the people who are doing the show are bad people. And I tried to make that clear. I was like, I don't think they're bad people. And if someone told me that, like if I was doing that show, I would probably agree with them and be like, yeah, I really, you know, I rushed it. I put it together. There's a lot that left to be desired because I could feel the audience being uncomfortable and I could feel the audience being you know, not laughing in the capacity that I wanted. I could feel myself petering out jokes and I and I would want to have the eyes of other people who, you know, to know what they think of it. Because, you know, especially for art, like it is in, in comedy and stuff, the goal is to make you laugh. So if I'm consistently not making you laugh, I got to evaluate why that is. You know, maybe I'm either playing to the wrong audiences or something's going on on my end. Like there's something going on that that little, and and that's what happened. And he was he was cracking up and I was like, I don't want to sound like a bitch. Like, I'm not trying to be a mean person, but you asked me my opinion, and that's my opinion. I don't – I thought it was underwhelming. And I think – all right, so I'll leave you on this. There's a um, an Elizabeth Gilbert TED Talk from 2009, and she's an author, and I'll include a link in the show notes. But she talks about creative work, especially creative work, but I think it can apply to all sort of work. We talk about doing this creative work or any sort of thing that we create, uh, whether it be a professional report, whatever we're working on. And there was this sense uh, way back in the day, essentially, and it's in her TED Talk, but way back in the day in Greek and Roman times, anything you produced or created was as a result of this other entity that you had access to sometimes that worked through you. And then sometime in the Renaissance, it switched and we became the geniuses. We became the person who was creating it, us, ourselves. And I think that's when, in terms of criticism, that's when we started doing ourselves a disservice. And she goes into it beautifully in her TED Talk. But um, essentially, like you know, if you can separate yourself a little bit from the work whatever the work is, you do yourself a a huge favor because you did the best that you could do and then you move on and then you learn from whatever experience. If, If the work isn't done yet and you get criticism that's, you know, scathing, like you get feedback that's scathing and you really, you know, adamantly disagree or you just didn't see it coming and so you're so downtrodden. It's like, but, but isn't that valuable to you? Isn't that type of criticism valuable? Because it's not you. They're not, these people aren't saying, oh, I hate you. They're saying, you know, if anything, good criticism at its core from people that you trust who have good intention behind them are saying, I believe in you. Here are ways I think you can do better. 
and you can challenge yourself to live up to that potential. And that's awesome. That to me is what's awesome about good criticism. So I've gone on enough about it. I would be curious to hear about the times that, you know, are there people in your life that you offer good criticism to? Are there Who are the people that you trust to get certain criticism from? Have you gotten criticism that you responded to and you regretted, or have you gotten it that you responded to and made a big difference? I want to hear about your journey with criticism. If you shy away from it, why? Have you ever considered trying it? Let me know. Let me know. I like to know these things. I like to learn, friends. Show notes and more at briannahanson.com. Lots of ways to contact me there, including my Twitter at the Brianna Hansen. These come out every other Tuesday, as they have been. And if you're listening to it on iTunes, please subscribe. Uh, and maybe rate it and leave a comment because that helps people to find it. And since we are winding down on Femoir 2015, this would be a great time to get more people on board to learn about it and to catch up on all the previous Femoirs that have ever been. Have been, have been. All right, that's all, friends. I'll catch you next episode. Bye.